Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the holiday season and the difficulties that it may bring to an ADHDer. Thank you all for coming back again this week. Today, the holiday that I'm going to be talking about the most is Christmas, just because that's what I know. That's the holiday that my family celebrates, that my partner and I celebrate, But I know that's not the only thing my listeners celebrate. And I would love to hear your experiences with your holidays for this time next year. So please shoot an email to theadhdlady at gmail.com to tell me your experiences. And I do want to acknowledge that I definitely missed Thanksgiving. In typical ADHD fashion, I was a little late to this topic. (laughs) But um, cheesy laugh, cheesy laugh. But in all seriousness, in this episode today, we're going to touch upon Thanksgiving a little bit. I'm going to share how mine went. Let's just say not the best year. But then we're going to dive into what makes this time of year so challenging for ADHDers. And hopefully some ways that I can kind of help you through. And before the year is out, I'll be doing an episode dedicated to New Year's and those lovely New Year's resolutions. Yet another ADHD challenge. (laughs) So let's dig in. As I said, Thanksgiving was not great over here. If you follow me over on my TikTok, you might have seen my short little video talking about how my Thanksgiving started with me having an autistic meltdown because of my ADHD, one of the many joys of being comorbid. So you might be thinking, how did your ADHD cause your autism to make it go into a meltdown? See, my partner and I were each cooking to go to our prospective family's houses that day. So the kitchen was not in the best shape, not as functional as I'd like it to be. Definitely not as much counter space as we needed. But also, I was already on edge that morning. I was emotionally dysregulated watching the parade. And so I was kind of starting with some executive dysfunction to begin with. Honestly, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but in 2018, I had a stillbirth. My son Holden was 20 weeks, and losing him was completely unexpected. As we get closer to his birthday in February, I'll tell that story. But the emotional dysregulation is a result of me wanting to watch the parade with my son and not having him here. And this is the fourth Thanksgiving of that. So sitting on the couch by myself watching the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, yeah, it causes some dysregulation for me. My partner came over and sat on the couch with me and watched it with me. But by that point, 10 minutes in even, I was already off to a not so great start. So we have emotional dysregulation, and then we build in more and more sensory overload and just general overwhelm. As each sensory stressor piled on, that was enough to just send me into shutdown, where I just word vomited all over my partner and then fell to the floor crying. And it's interesting because I've had so many of these over the years, and I used to think of them as panic attacks, because what other thing would, you know, be a reason for me to fall to the ground crying? But all of these panic attacks... (laughs) 
we're always in a period of overwhelm, where I was overwhelmed and overstimulated mentally, emotionally, physically, and I would just shut down. So in retrospect, those other moments that I thought were panic attacks, I wasn't having heart palpitations and that racing feeling of anxiety. I mean, probably some anxiety. But it was coming from this other place of just the total overload. So now I actually really doubt that any of those things were panic attacks. Honestly, I think they were all meltdowns, especially knowing that this one was a meltdown. And then the day went and presented itself with a bunch of additional challenges at our various locations. And it just, well, it could have been a better day. But I can't change the past. And it's an experience for us to learn from. I know for next year that the fridge needs to be well organized for us to be pulling ingredients out of it, which means we're going to need to do some preparation the night before, which is going to push both my partner and my ADHD a little bit further. We'll see how we handle that next year. <laughs> but from an autistic perspective, before we dive into the ADHD of the Christmas season, there are a lot of opportunities for overstimulation through the holidays. There are relatives that want to touch you when you do not want to be touched. There are experiences that test our social abilities. All of those get-togethers, which I am getting so much better at. It's funny because I, I'm really good at teaching other people social skills, but it's something that is more of a challenge for me to implement. But I've built this fantastic social skills unit. I am very proud of it. I actually will be doing it as both a webinar and a class, and hopefully a self-paced class too in the new year. But I've learned so much just from my research and everything I've put into it. And that really has helped me to better navigate the social get-togethers that we've had so far. But even more than that, letting my mask down, like my autistic mask, and just being me and saying, damn it to those who don't like it, it's been a pretty freeing experience. And it's also really helped me to better hold the boundaries that I need to set for myself to be most functional in this period. For example, I've already had a very difficult conversation with my parents informing them that if a certain person in our life was going to try and host something for the holidays, I would not be in attendance. They do not believe in science and I am a very susceptible person. Everyone's entitled to their beliefs, but for me, I need to make sure the people I'm around are safe people for me to be around, meaning that they take things seriously and are vaccinated. Because that's what's necessary for my physical safety, for my health and wellness. But establishing that boundary years ago, oh my gosh, I would have like faked sick on the day of just to avoid going to this person's house, but also to still fall into my people-pleasing self that used to be so prominent. Because I couldn't say no. Instead, this year, when my mom said, hey, this person's reached out, I simply told her, you know, we talked about this already. I did let you know that if they were going to try and host something, I can't social distance in their house. They're going to comment on me wearing a mask. And I just don't feel like dealing with that. And they're also unvaccinated. And I'm not trying to put anyone on the spot here, but this was a boundary that I needed to establish for me and my health. And because I was clear and upfront, I actually had a 
good conversation with my mom about this. She understood and respected it. She's trying to mitigate the situation to see if there's an alternative solution that meets everyone's needs. But if not, I will be sending my gifts along that I have purchased for some of these people uh, because I do still love and care about them, even if we have this disagreement of belief, which shows growth in a very different way for me too, because that flexible thinking and being able to see other people's opinions and perspectives and see that they are also valid, even if I disagree, I can have my own thoughts and opinions on those thoughts and opinions, but I can only control myself. That's all part of flexible thinking, which is one of our executive functions. Flexible thinking is the ability to change the ideas that we had in mind. So whether it's adapting to a change of plans, whether it's understanding that other people have differing thoughts and beliefs, it's the ability to go with the flow, which I have never been able to do. Because not only do I struggle with flexible thinking because of my ADHD, it is definitely one of my better executive functions and continues to improve, but I also am autistic as you all know, as I've talked about already in this episode. So rigid thinking, that black and white thinking, is part of diagnostic criteria. It is deeply embedded in how my brain works. So I'm slammed with that all or nothing on both sides. And finding a balance between the all or nothing has been a struggle my entire life. Thankfully, one that I have been able to work through over these past few years. And I honestly am very proud of the growth that I've made in that area. I still fall into it. It is part of how my brain is programmed. But many times when I fall into that place, I'm at least able to see, oh, I'm getting into the black and white of this. Where's the shades of gray? Which is huge, honestly. But going back to those boundaries, big growth there. Big, big growth. <laughs> but this, this is a challenge for ADHDers to establish the boundaries that you know are your limits inside, but to say that to your friends and family members, especially at this time of year, when we know what the social expectations are, it's tough, especially because most of us are people-pleasing perfectionists. So we want to make everyone happy. We want to show up to all the parties, even if it feels like our insides are being pulled in the complete opposite direction. The struggle is real, but setting boundaries for ourselves can help us to start overcoming that struggle. And one of the ways that we start doing this is to explore what our limits are. To think about situations in which we felt uncomfortable socially, emotionally, physically, mentally in the past, and to think about, you know, if I did this, would the situation have felt better? And that's a great place to start with defining what those limits are, what those boundaries are. The next step of actually expressing them and then maintaining them, yeah, that's a lot harder, but crucial. But can I just say how big a role the people-pleasing plays in the holiday season? I don't know about the rest of y'all, but for years, I have never felt like I did a good enough job with gifts. It was very rare for me to wake up on Christmas morning or go to whatever family celebration or whatnot and to sit there and be like, yeah, I did a good job on this one. That has not happened often, really only a handful of times. And that's all thanks to the people-pleasing perfectionist in me who has been in recovery and is doing much better this Christmas. <laughs> because the reality is 
I'm doing the best that I can. I try to be thoughtful with my gifts, but I recognize that what I think is thoughtful, other people might not feel so. Feel like they, it was. Other people might not think I was as thoughtful as I thought I was. Sure, that works. The whole point is this year, I tried. I tried to do things differently and I tried to set limits for myself. Because in the past, having a budget was something that made me feel awful. Because I struggled with this notion of setting a monetary limit to my expression of how much I care about a person. But being realistic means that I can't go and spend thousands of dollars that I don't have on everyone. That's not real life. At least not for me. It might be for some of these celebrities. That would be awesome to be able to do that for a holiday. But I can't. I am a regular person who is just getting their own business off the ground. I have limits, like actual physical budgetary limits, where in order to have my bills paid, I cannot be spending a ridiculous sum of money. And historically, those facts would have sent me into a guilt spiral like no other. But why? Well, because... Christmas was the time of year that I felt like I needed to make up for my failings in relationships throughout the rest of the year. And yeah, I do mean failings. Being HD autistic, I struggle with my relationships in many different ways. But honestly, my ADHD is an even bigger reason that I struggle to maintain the relationships. Because a lot of times the people in my life are people that I can unmask with and so my autism isn't as big a deal. But my ADHD creates the other barriers in those relationships. I suck at texting back. I can be impulsive in conversations. I can get distracted very easily. And that distraction is usually the reason that I wind up not sending text replies. My ADHD does not like to plan things. Oh, and I forget people exist. Now, some things I have done to mitigate these issues. I have pictures of my closest friends and family members hanging on the wall in my office so they are there within eyesight, reminding me that these people are real and these people do need contact from me, not just me from them. It's not perfect, but it's a start. I have a friend date this weekend because I was like, let's go get breakfast. Historically, this is a thing I've sucked at. Super proud of myself, though, for initiating this planning, especially because it came in one of those like, hey, we need to hang out soon moments where it's so easy for our brains to go, okay, yeah, let's let's hang out soon. That sounds great. And then nothing actually happens. So instead, the approach that I had in this circumstance was, yeah, how about this day? How about we do this thing? And then we can do this thing after. Like, whoa. But those challenges are why gift giving was such a big deal for me in the past. Because I thought somehow that the gifts that I was giving at the holidays could make up for the struggles that I had in those relationships. In reality, all that did was put more stress and pressure on me and then therefore on the relationship. Because my value in the friendship is not in what I can offer to them physically or monetarily. My value is in how I treat them, how I support them, how I care about them, and how I show up the rest of the year. And one thing I will say for me as a friend is that 
I do show up when I need to. I may not be great at being that in-between friend, but if something is serious, I am there without hesitation. And gifts around Christmas, that doesn't show that. Me being me does. Because I do have value. Value outside of productivity. I have value just for being me. And that, (laughs) that my friends, is one of the hardest lessons that I have ever learned. But once I got there, once I got here, that's when things really changed for me. That's where breaking the perfectionism and the people-pleasing really stems from. And that perfectionism shows up in a whole different way through the holidays. Historically for me, the perfectionism was in finding the perfect gift. That gift that was going to be the expression of, you know, the making up for me not being the greatest friend or family member had to be perfect just to say, hey, sorry that I'm not so great at this other thing. But again, it wasn't realistic and it didn't ever change the circumstances. I never wowed a person so much that I just all of a sudden became a better planner, that I all of a sudden became better at reaching out. No, those things took and still take real work, work that I have to do, not that a gift does for me. And that was another hard lesson for me to learn, that part of showing that I do have value for myself is that it's okay for me to not have the greatest gift in the world. That I might give people things that they don't like, that they might return or not use. And that's not an expression of who I am. I tried. And that's what matters. Because that's not what Christmas is about. It's not about the gifts. It's not about giving the best thing. It's about being there. And being there the best that you can. But what happens when being there is hard? Because this is another challenge that many ADHDers have expressed. And actually, a few have expressed to me. Many of us have depression as a comorbidity or at the very least seasonal affective disorder, which is seasonal depression. And that tends to play a role in this time of year. And that's going to interrupt our ability to show up. That does not make you less of a person. You are doing your best. You have value. You just existing is incredible. And I am so proud of you. And if no one else has told you that lately, I am so sorry, but I am here for you because this is something that everyone deserves to hear, depressed or not. Another mental health struggle that a lot of ADHDers experience this time of year as well is a burst of anxiety, you know, because the holidays really like to spice that up. We're thinking of all of the outcomes. And let's face it, anxieties are high still to begin with. We've been in a pandemic for almost two years now. And while many parts of the world are starting to look somewhat normal again, there is still a lot of anxiety to be had, especially from small to large gatherings indoors while it's already cold and flu season to begin with. And that's just one of many possible causes for anxiety right now. So I want to validate that for you guys too. It's perfectly reasonable to have anxiety over all of the stressors that come with the holiday season. 
Will you get that gift from Amazon delivered in time? Will the people in your life like and appreciate those things? Shit's stressful. But you are not alone. And honestly, sharing that stress with the people that you have in your life to lean on, that can be really healing and really helpful, especially with all of the feelings and emotions that come at this time of year. Use the people in your life. Use your support system. And if those people aren't the kind of support that you need, there are so many other resources out there. I always say to my clients that that is my number one job is to be their support. So if they're having a bad week and thinking about, you know, ADHD skills and strategies is just too much and they just need someone to talk to, I'm there to support them. And everyone deserves that. But that also takes a level of vulnerability that is hard. But another thing that can be really freeing. And I could go on and on about the struggles for quite some time, but I recognize that I'm getting close to that 20-minute mark, which is where I like to end things to keep these episodes nice and ADHD-friendly for y'all, especially because it started getting a little heavy around the end there. So we will continue this conversation in a slightly different capacity next week. So thank you guys again for tuning in to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. As I said, next week, we'll talk a little bit more about why the holidays are so hard. We'll talk more about the planning, the organizing, and the chaos of wrapping all of those gosh darn gifts. And hopefully I'll be able to give you a few skills to help you through. But until then, I want to thank you guys for coming back. I'm your host, Amanda, signing off, and I'll see you next time.